Welcome to the Media Boat Podcast. Woo! Media Wait Boat a Podcast. Peek. I'm peeking. Peeking in here. You're peeking the chewing. Peek-a-boo. Uh The Media Boat Podcast is your source for news about movies, television, video games, and music. Not necessarily in that order. This is episode 111. 111. 111. Yes. Um, today is February the 21st, 2018. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. Welcome to Meadville Podcast. We're here to bring you the lowdown of everything he just said. It's true. And I don't need to repeat that. No, probably not. <laughs> I mean, it's not recommended. No. Uh, so we always start the show with movies. Did you see any movies? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Yes, you did. Yes, I did. Uh, we both saw a movie, in fact. We both saw a movie, but you saw the movie that matters. Yes. Uh, so I saw Early Man. <laughs> yes. You know what everybody's talking about. I mean, it took us forever to get a seat. It was sold out. <laughs> like we had to wait to like super late. I know. And then when we went to the to go see it, we just happened to pick the one that nobody was in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we're kidding. Uh, uh, well, we did not. actually see Early Man, but it was not the movie on everybody's lips this week. Oh, no. That was, of course, Black Panther. Uh, watch your mouth. But yes, Black Panther. <laughs> I didn't uh, see Black Panther. So you I, saw Black Panther. I got lucky enough to see Black Panther. Yes, apparently it is really, really hard to see. Yeah, so I got like one of the last good seats, like not like up super front in the row, Yeah. but last... like. On the aisle, on the very end, just one random seat available, last one, uh-huh. for an IMAX showing of the premiere. And it's just, okay, sure, cool, worked I'll out. Take I'll take it. Because um, otherwise, apparently I have to wait like two weeks to go see this thing. Cause yeah. It's still sold out. I, I looked up a showing this afternoon at 2 p.m. And it was... Half sold out already. So let that be a lesson to you at home if you have not seen it and are planning just to waltz on to your uh, theater, a local theater, and go see it. Wrong. Reserve your seats early because you will not be able to see it if you just walk. So this is Black Panther is actually a good example of reserved seating yes. actually being a good thing. Sure. Yes. I mean, it kind of sucks. But yes, it kind of sucks. But I, I, I still hate reserved seating. I, I feel still... like this will be a lot of people's first experience with it. Oh, yeah. Whereas, like, a lot of people who have never had to do this will find themselves, oh, really? I have to buy ahead of time? What is this? I pick my seat? Uh, Nonsense. Yeah. You're right. It's 1999. Uh, my no, brain. It's, it's 2018. My brain. It's 2018. We have black superheroes now. It's true. Which I mean, is actually funny because always I did. saw an article saying... <laughs> I actually saw an article. I, I don't know. It was from like some um, random site. I know it wasn't The Onion. I know that okay. much. But right. it said, Black Panther did everything right except include a gay character. Well, yeah. Um, can't ask for too much. I know. But I is, is that really asking for too much? <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like that about, is. I don't know enough about Marvel Comics to know if there is a gay superhero in their repertoire or any gay characters in their in their stories. I have no idea, so I'm not going to pretend like I know. Right. But just saying that, that you should shoehorn a, a gay character in because that will cover everyone. I mean, the problem with that conversation is you can kind of get into uh, a slippery slope. Oh, yeah. With, with, oh, shoehorn, what does that mean? Like... It doesn't necessarily like it's 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 a complicated question. I right. think that's a complicated point. 
But uh, one of the things to remember, if someone, if something is already kind of going out of their way to do something, uh, don't look a gift of course in the mouth. Noticeable as like putting a black superhero with an all black, mostly black cast. And a black um, director, and black yeah, cast behind the camera as well. Keep that in mind. That that is a hard enough task to do. Right. And so yeah, it would be nice if there was representation of uh, of gay characters as well, but. Yeah, let's let's pace ourselves. Oh, let's choose our battles kind of there. I mean, yeah, it sucks that that we can't have both, but we'll get there. One step at a time, guys. Yeah, we'll get there. Anyways, anyway, so uh, yeah, so what I thought about Black Panther: uh, colon, Civil War, because that's basically what this movie is. <laughs> Except not, because they already did that Civil War. You're oh. talking about a more general term, Civil War. Oh yeah, I'm talking about Wakanda Civil War. Yes. So. Um, well, first of all, uh, who, well, let's just try. Who what is Black Panther? So that way, I know slash our audience knows. So Black Panther is played by Chadwick Boseman, okay, um, who was who already played Jackie Robinson in the movie Forty Two. Uh-huh. Uh So he's out. So that way you know he's a good good actor. Sure. Uh, he's also played some other parts. He, um, nothing really comes to mind. Immediately, but I know I've seen him in a bunch of stuff, and I really like what he does. Okay. Um, but, so, uh, Chadwick Boseman uh, plays the Black Panther, that's a title character, and he's been elected king of the fictional place of Wakanda in Africa. Okay. But he is challenged by the throne by his then-unknown cousin, uh-huh. Eric Kilbonger, played by... <laughs> Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. Uh, real quick question. Answer. Uh, <laughs> okay, so his last had... name is Killmonger, and nobody thinks he was threatened by this. No, he actually earned. That's actually a nickname that uh, he earned while he was in Mar- okay. the Marines, uh, the Marines, and then Black Ops. Yeah, because he would go because his task force team would go into unstable countries and basically destabilize the government, mm-hmm. which is actually kind of what he does in this. Movie. Okay, fair enough. So, so it, it's a great backstory, and everything he does <laughs> makes sense because. He's basically the hero of his own story, which is really good because he grows up as a kid from Oakland who loses his dad and then builds himself to this basically great warrior Uh um, via, you know, U.S. taxpayer money um, and then uh, challenges T'Challa or Chadwick Boseman for the right to rule Wakanda because he has a birthright to do his own. And he's actually, like, legitimately has a, as a legit reason to challenge the throne. Mm-hmm. And so he does, and he watches the throne. Hey. <laughs> That's one of the things I've heard a lot, uh, and we talked a bit off pod about this. Yes. About, like, how, how people are like, man, that that uh, villain actually has some pretty salient points. Yeah. Like, he's not technically traditionally comic book evil no he's just happens to be at odds with our main character in a few specific ways well it's, but in general he's actually kind of relatable well yes and he actually <laughs> has good ideas except yeah. you know they're kind of on the extreme side because right. wakanda uh as of like when we start the movie is an isolated nation or uh, isolated nation yeah and they like to keep it that way but killmonger comes in or michael i'll just get michael jordan michael jordan comes in <laughs> And basically says, no, we need to share this world with everyone. Everyone should know the power right. and everything that we can do. So let's stage a full-on invasion and 
just show everyone our might. Right. Which actually, in turn, helps Chad, Chadwick Boseman, uh, Black Panther, come in and basically find a really great stable middle ground uh-huh. of between staying isolated and then also showing the world of, of the power of vibranium and what it can do. It's a really nice way that that the villain actually forces the main character to grow and yeah. solve it a problem that is going to become a problem in, in the future, but it does so within the two hours and 15 minute timeline of this movie. Yes, it's actually pretty long. <laughs> yeah, no one's surprised. Yeah, but <laughs> it's actually like really well done and you can see that journey on screen, which is nice. And you can see all the gears turning and how everything, like, everything moves one another just to go tick, 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 tick to the end. Which is really great and really well done. And the pacing is nice. And I praise Ryan Googler for everything he's done. Yeah. And everything that he's done before this, including yeah. Creed, which you haven't seen Creed with Michael Lee Jordan. Definitely watch it. It's definitely worth it i wish i watched that thing in theaters instead of on a plane <laughs> but i really enjoyed it also if you can find it fruitvale station is amazing yeah yeah uh, i there was actually uh i got i think golden globe nominated for michael b jordan yeah uh but that thing is amazing it's chronicles uh december the last day of michael b jordan well, Michael B. Jordan plays a title role. Mm-hmm. But across the last day of Michael B. Jordan, which is uh, right before the new year happens, which is really nice because you see a character grow and change his ways all within a day. And it's really nice and well done and I like a really tight story. And you should definitely check it out. You'd, you'd enjoy it. But just Ryan Cooler knows how to write a tight story and how yeah. to make characters mean something to people. And it's really great to see that uh, Marvel picked up on that and yeah. hired him for this job. Yeah, and uh, I mean, kind of the undercurrent here is that this thing is being universally praised. Yes. Uh, like, people are talking it up like, I don't know. They're talking it up time. like Wonder Woman. Yeah, the, I guess this is kind of similar to last year's buzz about Wonder Woman in a lot of key ways. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to in a moment why it's different from Wonder Woman. But Because uh, it stars men. Well, no. Uh, that's not what I'm talking about. Anyways. Oh. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so it's different from... So, why don't you... Um, go ahead. I was going to wait for us to do the numbers for that. Oh, okay. Uh, but, but so so to wrap up, uh, yeah, so you liked it, yes. I'm guessing. Yes. Um, besides, <laughs> you know, the, the, the protagonist and antagonist, um, the sister, Shuri, is a scene stealer in this movie. I've heard, Yes. She literally is the best part of that non-action of that movie. Uh-huh. Like her interactions with uh, Chadwick Boseman and even like her mother and everyone else that she miss that she interacts with is great, and she just she's just a delight every time she's on screen. Um, the under the thing I didn't like about uh, if I had to say something that I didn't really like about. Yeah. Uh, Black Panther, it'd be Lupita Nyong'o's character. Oh, okay. Well, it's because she plays the love interest and is just... She seems to be just there as like, oh, like we were childhood friends and now you're in love with me. Kind of unnecessary? A little bit unnecessary. Okay. But, you know, it feels like a shoehorned like love interest plot to, you know, like, well, you have to have a, a king needs a queen, right? So yeah. it's kind of in there and it's kind of hinted at, but... It never, like, really fully explores yeah. it until, like, the very end. 
So one extra thread in a movie that has a lot of really good threads that doesn't necessarily need that extra fray hanging off. Yeah, but it, but like it doesn't detract <laughs> away from the movie at right. all. It just doesn't really add a whole lot, sure. except for a really cool opening scene. That's it. Okay. So so yeah, it seems like the cast is uh, arguably the reason to see this movie. It seems oh. like the acting is great. Yep. It seems like the people, the characters are memorable. Yes. Um, it creates a world. It's also that... fun. It's also really funny to see Sterling King Brown as a gangster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can see that. <laughs> But yeah, um, it seems like yeah, it seems like people really really love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is definitely a go see it if uh, you can. If you, if you can see it, yes. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it's also in the news this week. But we'll get to that in a second. I just realized we haven't finished what we've seen. We also saw another movie. Yes. Which we mentioned at the top of the show. Uh, we saw Early Man. You question which I'm not mark? really sure how to pr- like not to pronounce the title. I'm not sure how they want the title set. Like. Is it early, early man? Like early man, like saying it like that, like emphasizes, oh, it's about early human beings, which mm-hmm. is what the movie is partly about. Right. Or is it about early man, like that dude? But no, I don't know how they want it to be said. It's early. Er- I'm gonna guess the first one. The first way. But it's, I don't know. It's just hard not to call it early man, like a superhero. Right. But anyways, Early Man is the new Aardman animation film. You know, uh, these are the guys behind Chicken Run. Yeah, and Walson Gromit, most famous. Yes, and Sean, Sean the Sheep. And Sean the Sheep. So they uh, have been kind of churning out these things uh, pretty much since Chicken Run in 2001. Yeah. Um, although since in the post-DreamWorks deal years, they've kind of been kind of nomads going from studio to studio depending on who will distribute them. Uh, but this one is Lionsgate distributed. Uh, it's, as the name implies, about early man, about cavemen uh, who are, you know, hanging out, hunting, doing their hunting thing. Yep. Um, uh, but it's also kind of a movie about soccer. Yeah. <laughs> it's about England and the formation of soccer and yeah. how a scrappy little team can go up against... The champions. So yeah, the movie is weird because the setup should be enough where it's like, oh, it's a movie about early man. And you think that's all it's going to be. But then they also set up kind of this other thing, which is like, oh, there's also a... They're basically in this valley where they're the only cavemen left. Everything around them has gotten to the point where they're in the Bronze Age. And so the Bronze Age people go find this valley and they want to take it over and they mm-hmm. do and they have these plans for a big mine and stuff and so eventually through like 30 minutes like it takes way too long oh, yeah. to get to there get there but eventually you find out oh bronze age people have been playing soccer this whole time they're really good at it and uh even though the early man guy remembers vaguely via some cave paintings that his ancestors played a sport that he doesn't know is soccer yet, that hits him. Oh, we've known soccer too. We just stopped playing it. I wonder why, which is actually a, a revelation later in the film as well. Uh, but yeah, and then all of a sudden it's a movie about, oh, they're going to uh, fight for their valley by doing a soccer match against the Bronze Age people. Right, and, well, bec- <laughs> and because this is a... British company. They don't say soccer. They say football. football. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's very very British. Oh yes, it's definitely way more British than Chicken Run was. 
Yes. Uh, Chicken Problem um, had the kind def- of American balance to it with the Mel Gibson character. Right. There's also a big allegory that you can see in this film between, you know, the British Premier League yeah. and basically South America. Yes. And, and <laughs> they, they, they call the, the villain his premiership several times. Yes. And I giggled to myself. I was like, I get it. Yes. And they, they they make an early man, early Manchester joke. Yes. I think the the, peep, the, the announcers that they get, I'm not 100% sure, but I want to say that they're probably actual uh, football I announcers in think England. So, yeah. uh, I think at one point they, they made a shell by the sea joke. Yeah, it's, it's very strange how specific the jokes are. Yes. And how it definitely doesn't seem like it was... Altered in any way for an American audience, which no. I don't expect it to. No, at this point, you're if you know what you're getting into with one of their movies, right? But the downside but, is is that that's kind of it. Yeah, it doesn't really play well with American uh, audiences, <laughs> especially if you're not into soccer, because yeah, or if you even like going in, don't even know that it's about soccer. But the problem with the movie is that it falls into so many different. Like formulas, it's very formulaic. Yeah, it also doesn't know what it wants to be till about two thirds <laughs> way through the movie. Yeah, and then by that point, you're just like, you may not care. Yes, is kind of what I wrote in the write up on mediaboatpodcast.com If you want to look that up, right. Uh, um, also, the character names are not very memorable. No, I, I, Doug, I don't remember who anybody is. Doug, and that's it. Doug, I don't even remember what the the girl's name is. No, nope. Guma. Guna. That, that's a better name than me. <laughs> I was like, nope, just, just blonde girl him and Mia yeah, Williams. It's it's very, very, very predictable, very formulaic. Yes. You know that they're going to struggle, you know, initially with learning soccer. You know the girl that they he runs into at the beginning is gonna be the love interest and right. is gonna help them train. And I'm, you know every... the villain is gonna, you know, go down that path. Right. And just... out of everything they do, the one thing they for some reason decided to leave out was the epic pick me up halftime speech? Yeah, that's the one thing that it. that wasn't there. No, because instead what they did was the oh the the midpoint was instead oh by the way you guys sucked <laughs> like no you guys weren't good. No, 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 no I'm talking you. about during the match. Oh, that too. Because yeah. that that turning point was uh, the villain becoming the ref. Right. That's right. what it was instead. Which is a was a dumb thing. It is. There's a giant duck. I don't know. Yeah. It's like I don't. It's such a it's a movie with a lot of weird choices, uh, and and it ends up kind of just feeling like this is very middle of the road Ardman. So if you're expecting, I mean, it does have a lot of pretty clever puns and some good visual gags, stuff you'd expect from them. Um, there's just a smattering of it, and it doesn't distract from the fact that the plot kind of sucks. And I will say this about the movie, that if it was live action, it would be terrible. Well, yes. There's a good reason this thing is claymation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the animation is pro- is pretty impressive. It's yes. getting to the point, though, with those Armin ones where you don't know what the percentage is actual hand animation and what the yeah. percentage is CG at this point. It seems like most of the characters in the close-up work is still clay. clay. But I think stuff like the flying duck and the kind of the more complicated scenes. Yeah, a lot of the more stuff in the background too. Have CJ, CG alter, alteration going on because they would be impossible. It would take forever to make that movie if they did. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, it is what it is. It's a good counter-programming if you need something to take your kids to instead of Black Panther if they're not quite old enough to handle it. It's good kids entertainment. It's a harmless hour and 15 <laughs> Like it's a short movie. It's a pretty short movie, and it doesn't overstay its welcome. Uh, yeah. It just takes forever to get 
to where it wants to go, and then it's a quick, quick clip after it gets there. All right, so Panted Media Boat rating system. Uh, stream it. Stream it. I don't want to immediately write it off, but don't go and pay money in a theater like we did. Yeah. Uh, it was a backup plan for us. <laughs> um, yeah, I think wait until it's on Netflix or something so you can put it on for your like five-year-old cousin or if you want something that's completely brainless. Yeah. But otherwise, don't bother. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. uh, uh, so I saw two other movies that I meant to catch up on. Okay. Uh, they both came out last year. One was The House. The House. Uh, starring Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler. And I did not laugh once through that thing it's except bad. for the very okay. end. Yeah, you said uh, when they were doing really the bloopers, uh, yeah, they made some really questionable stuff that they thought was funny at the time, and it doesn't work, doesn't play well. Yeah, and just it's an overall bad movie. I regret watching it, and I'm glad I didn't see the theaters. <laughs> you want your hour and a half back? Kind of. <laughs> uh, second movie I saw was a movie that got delayed twice. All right. Uh, and that is Masterminds that came out last year, starring uh, Zach Galifianakis. I heard that was bad too. Christian Wig. Um, it has its moments. It's not completely terrible and full of crap, but <laughs> it's just it's it's just not a good movie either. Sure. Okay, so don't see those. Yeah. Uh, but what did people see this weekend? Oh, you already know the answer because everyone went and saw Black <laughs> Panther. So let's talk about the box office, which is the next part here. Yes. Black Panther, of course. Your number one movie. Oh, by the way, these are four-day numbers. So, yeah, we decided to take in the four-day numbers here. So that includes um, the Friday, because I guess they're including some people have that as a holiday, and the Monday, which is the actual holiday. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yes. All those numbers count for this. Black Panther led the pack, of course, with 242 million dollars now this is when we should probably talk about all the records it made because this was a record debut in a whole bunch of ways so let's see how many first we brought out here yeah so it was the biggest opening for a solo superhero movie yes even though black panther did premiere in um civil war he was not neither the main character, nor was he even in a lead role. Right. So he doesn't count. Right. That didn't count. Right. Uh, it's the second highest weekend for a Marvel Cinematic Universe opening with $201 million. Right. That barely is under Avengers, uh, which had 207 and is um, a solid number four on the all-time list. Right. Uh, it's the number one February debut ever Soaring over the last record holder, which was Deadpool. Yes, which uh, we also, which is the last time we were yes. this wrong on a prediction. It's true. Which was one hundred thirty-two million. Yes, it, uh, it is crushed the fifteenth highest international debut yep. with one hundred sixty-nine million dollars. And it's yet to open in China. Still, it's the biggest. It has the biggest opening and is the highest grossing film by a black director. You're welcome, Ryan now. And only the second MCU film to receive an A-plus rating on CinemaScore. The other one being The The Avengers. So, needless to say, it did gangbusters and is going to continue to do well. Next week, it's going to be your number one again. Yes. No choice. Uh, No chance about it. So, uh, rough estimate, should it track at number one for the next, uh, for two more weeks? Yeah. It will pass 500 mil... $500 $500 million. In three weeks. Domestically. In three weeks. In three weeks. Which it can do. It can do. 
Uh, let's... Well, which I think well, actually maybe four weeks, but yeah, that's five hundred million domestically. Yeah, only a handful of movies ever done that. That's pretty insane. Like like last year, it was only Beauty and the Beast, and that was it. Yeah. Oh yeah, last year I didn't even hit five hundred million. I think. Yeah, I don't think so. But no, it did because that because it was number one, so I had to oh, pass it. So yeah. yeah, so two, two last year. Right. Alright. So the rest of your top five right. are number two, Peter Rabbit with twenty three million dollars. What a drop from number one there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number uh, uh, number three is Fifty Shades Freed, earning another nineteen million dollars. Jumanji hangs out on the top five with another ten million. And rounding off your top five, the fifteen seventeen to Paris with a eight million dollar debut. Yeah. That's it. Oh, you don't want to put the the. No. What early man made? No. <laughs> Only made $4 million. Yeah. Uh, so, right. moving to next week, your challengers, which will get creamed by Black Panther, are first, Annihilation, the Natalie Portman vehicle. Yeah. So, I, okay. I'm, this thing was okay. It's a, all, it's a female-led cast by the same director who did Ex Machina. Uh, and so, it looks good. I have high hopes for it. I just all feel like no one's going to see this thing. Yeah, it's going to just be annihilated. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly. Uh, it might be one of those things that turns, like, like later people will be talking about it once again when it hits uh, streaming or something. Yeah. People are like, oh yeah, this movie is actually pretty good kind of thing. Right. Um, also this week, Game Night, the Jason Bateman vehicle. This looks funny. Looks okay. Uh, but, you know, I've, I have a weird track record with Jason Bateman films. Yeah. And then lastly, something called Every Day. I did, I didn't look this up. Uh-huh. I, it was written down. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We'll it's, it's, it said wide release on it, so that's why it's there. Fair enough. Okay, moving out of that, we have our first moving news story. Yep. And it's award season still. It's still award season. This time we're moving to Great Britain. With the BAFTAs, I'll which get are the British get Arts Film Television Awards. Get your tea and crumpets ready. Yes, it's crumpet time. <laughs> crumpets are crumpets. Here are your winners for the major categories in the BAFTAs. Uh, this isn't just film, uh, by the way, but for this segment, we're just going to be talking about film. Right. Uh, it is best film was three billboards. Adding credence to your hype. Yes. Uh, uh, ri- Rising Star Award went to Daniel Kaluuya for from, from Get, get out. out. Yep. Original music went to The Shape of Water. Makeup and hair went to Darkest Hour. Which I think it should because Gary Oldman disappears in that role. Yeah. Uh, animated film was Coco. Mm. Yay. Editing went to Baby Driver. Yeah, that's a surprise one. Hey, it might, might lead to some momentum. I know. Uh, documentary film went to last year's Oscar-nominated I Am Not Your Negro. Right. International film The Handmaiden. Adapted screenplay went to Call Me By Your Name. Original screenplay went to Three Billboards. Yep. Cinematography went to Blade Runner 2049. Which is a good pickup, and yes. I really hope he wins. I really hope. Because be that's a really like nice film to look at. Yeah. Uh, sound went to Dunkirk. Uh, director went to Guillermo del Toro. Mm-hmm. Actor Eric Gary Oldman. Actress, Frances McDormand. Yep. Supporting actor, Sam Rockwell. Supporting actress, Allison Janney. So yes. pretty much falling right into lockstep with everything else. Right. So what's looking at for all your Oscar ballots, the actors are pretty much locked up at this point. Yeah. Um, three billboards it will most likely win. I don't know. Picture. I don't know anymore. I mean, it, I mean we still need SAG <laughs> to, to, to weigh in on this yeah. thing. Yeah. It's just such a tough freaking year for Best Picture. 
as we discussed. Right. So we'll see. All right. Moving on. Yeah, moving on. Our next story is about Last Men in Aleppo. Yes. Uh, the Oscar-nominated film, Last Men in Aleppo. So this is a documentary uh, that is nominated, as you said, for dark, Best Documentary at the uh, at the Oscars. The producer, Kareem Abid, will not attend the show, the Oscars, because his visa has been rejected by the government. Yes. So, producer of the documentary, Last Men in Aleppo, uh, follows the White Helmet's rescue work in the Syrian city of Aleppo. That's what this film is about. Mm-hmm. Uh, a letter from the consulate reads, quote, You have been found ineligible for a visa under Section 212F of the Immigration and Nationality Act. A denial under this act means that you could do not meet the requirements for entry to the United States. Uh, White Helmet's co-founder Mahmoud Al-Hattar will also not be present after Syrian government refused to after the Syrian government refused to expedite the visa process to allow them to travel to Hollywood. Right. Um, I'll, uh, side note that uh, these guys actually do still have interviews to get visas. However, those interviews are set for March 2nd, two days before the Oscars. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the next kind of wrinkle into this is that last year, this subject was covered. In a short subject documentary uh, nominee uh, produced by Netflix, also about the it filmed by the White Helmets. Yeah, I believe that was just called White Helmets Two. Yeah. Uh, but this year, this one is the first film directed and produces produced by Syrians, right, to earn an Oscar ever, which makes it kind of a different kind of story. Mm-hmm. And in fact, as you may have kind of figured by how we're talking around this, uh, this of course is related, this rejection of the visa is related to um, some recent executive orders uh, that stop visa applications from citizens, specifically among other countries, of Syria. Uh, Trump's orders, basically. Yeah. I mean, that would be the only recent executive order yes. to happen, so I didn't feel like I needed to say it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> If it's the executive order, it ain't happening from Obama anymore. <laughs> we have to mention it. <laughs> we, we have to mention it, but yeah. yeah. So th- this is just, uh, just, this just sucks. It sucks because you'd hope that people get to see their nominated things, you know, potentially win an Oscar right. there. And if they can't even enter the country anymore or stay in the country or, you know, all sorts of different situations that people find themselves in. Um, it's not a great look for us, and it sucks for the people involved in making these films that we're honoring. Right. Uh, so yeah, it, it sucks. I um, I don't think anything's going to change until before the show, though. No, so, like I said, like their in, like done. their in person interviews with the U.S. consulate was is two days before the actual Oscars. And it's not. Gonna, and I don't think you expedited happen. that fast. No. So disappointing. Yeah. Uh, what is also disappointing was Kung Fury. Yes. <laughs> I had to sit through Code Fury once. It was terrible, and I hated every second of it. Yes, but, but there's a reason we're breaking it up. <laughs> but people like Code Fury. In fact, people like it so much that a feature-length follow-up to the 2015 short film is underway. Yes. And is making some headlines for casting. Yeah. So... Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> has joined the cast to play the American president. And joins, get this, David Hasselhoff. But and Michael Fassbender. Uh, that is that is Oscar nominated Michael, Michael Fassbender. Fassbender. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, the creator, David Sandberg, will once again star as the titular character, Kung Fury, who yes. is the greatest damn cop of all time. Quote. Yes. David Katzenberg will produce the film. Yeah. Because what else? And uh, with, with a company, uh, Be Real Films, and a company called Laser Unicorns. That is correct. Laser yes. Unicorns. Just rubbing it in. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you want to really kill your brain cells for 30 minutes, go watch Kung Fury. It's on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. The Netflix put it on the... It's on Netflix. Yeah, which we saw it on YouTube. I think, yeah, I think I watched it on YouTube. Well, yeah, you watched it with me because I put it yeah, on YouTube. Yeah. So bad. Uh, next up yeah. in news, we have a little bit, a little story about Netflix. Speaking of. They've got a, a new uh, worldwide rights for du- the Dupless Brothers films. So, do you say Dupless? Dupless. I say Dupless. Dupless, Dupless. Yeah. Jay and Mark Dupless. Yeah. <laughs> The, who are the writers, directors of The One I Love, The Overnight, and Jeff Who Lives at Home, will be releasing their next project under a new Netflix deal later this year. Uh, their new movie follows a bittersweet bromance, because of course it does, and centers on themes of friendship, mortality, and made-up sports. And it stars Mark Duplass, Duplass and Ray Romano. Everybody loves him. From what I've understood. Yes. <laughs> he was great in The Big Sick. <laughs> yeah, he was actually, yeah, he was pretty good in The Big Sick. This shouldn't come as a surprise. The brothers have always solved, uh, already signed a uh, video on demand deal in 2015 with Netflix. The uh, uh, This is uh, kind of falling hot on the heels of the release, of course, Cloverfield Paradox, which pulled in 5 million viewers after just one week on Netflix. Yeah. So, so that the, works? That surprise release actually ended up working. <laughs> so it totally works. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah. Netflix may actually end up doing more of these things. And our last bit of Netflix uh, news relates to animated programming. Yeah. Uh, uh, I didn't want to put this in TV because we were talking about Netflix. Yeah, yet, I guess this is kind of our our, our, trans, ne- our Netflix corner. transition show, uh, uh, show. Uh, news piece here. Yeah. So, yeah, this is going to be a television show technically. Uh, but, yes, the... Um, uh, the production studio and the art director uh, behind Bojack Horseman are bringing us a new show uh, called Tuca and Birdie. Uh, this will star Tiffany Haddish, uh, fresh off of her book deal and also of, of, of Girls, uh, Girls, Night, Trip. Girls Trip. Girls and, Trip. And, you know, SN, hosting SNL yeah, she's hot and everything right now. else she's been in. She's hot right now. And yeah. uh, she's pretty funny. Uh, she's also hot. Yeah, this is also true. Uh, so <laughs> Tiffany Addish will star in a, it's a show about two birds in a world of birds. Uh, I believe that the, the write-up said it was 30-something uh, birds who live in the same apartment complex. Yeah, that's really uh, Tiffany Addish will play Tuca, a cocky, carefree toucan. And uh, there will also be a songbird, an anxious daydreaming songbird named the Birdie. Uh, yet friends. to yet to be cast. Yes. So, so I have a chance to start opposite Tiffany Haddish. It's not you. They're female. I, can I, be I, female I mean, you can try. But I do not think they'll go with you. But <laughs> hey, I can try. All right, let's cast this. Who is the other one then? Um... Oh uh, wait, so uh, <laughs> so it has to be shy and timid, right? Uh, anxious, daydreaming, songbird, Lisa Kudrow. Uh, no, Lisa Kudrow already no. did a voice on Bojack, so... Yeah. Plus, uh, yeah, so, uh, I'm thinking small... Alison Brie. Wait, no. Uh, <laughs> no, um... Uh, what's her name? 
Um... Um, uh, Jenny Slate. Jenny Slate? Yeah! Sure. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You can see that. That'd yeah. be funny. Alright. Alright. Moving on to television. I, I'm glad you agree. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Right. Uh, moving on to television. Uh, Winter Olympics are happening. Winter Olympics is pretty much all we've been watching, so we'll go straight into that. Uh, there's been a lot of cool stuff. Um, not a whole lot of medals, though. Uh, it seems like after that first week kind of spike where all the snowboarders in the world were winning medals for us. Uh, yeah, we stopped kind of getting golds. Yeah, so we had Sean White win gold, Chloe Kim win gold, Ben Gerard win gold. And then immediately it dropped off. And then Nathan Chan immediately fell on the ice afterwards. Nathan Chan failed to impress. The women uh, didn't impress in uh, their singles uh, skating either. Yep. Um, the the uh, team competition was just bland. Yep. The um, the highlight in all of skating was one guy dancing to Game of Thrones thing dressed up as Jamie Lannister. <laughs> yep. We didn't. Uh, oh, besides the girl who dressed up as Sailor Moon and dressed up doing the Sailor yep. Moon. None of them Americans. Yes. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, hockey, however, uh, was a highlight. Uh, the women uh, moved on to the uh, medal match, which is happening literally as we speak. Yes. Against oh, Canada. However, the men's team got eliminated last night Didn't during a shootout yes. where after going 2-2 and going to, to a shootout, they couldn't find the net. So men's hockey will not medal, uh, needless to say. Yes. Uh, Women's hockey will medal, just yes. determine if it will be gold or silver. And we'll see very soon here. Yes. Um, in other sports, uh, not a whole lot of success when it comes to skiing so far. This, that besides the early success that we saw, it looks like well, uh, we just saw men's. Well, yeah, half we definitely pipe. we definitely have one gold uh, men's half pipe went to David's Wise. Yes, with a really lucky third run after whipping it on yeah. the first two. But other than that, uh, Lindsey Vaughn is struggling. Uh, only got bronze yeah. in the downhill. Uh, the combined continues and will uh, wrap up tonight. Uh, so we'll see how Lindsay yep. does uh, with uh, that. Yep, speed gating, we've been sucking. Um, yeah. Curling, we've been sucking. Bob stuff, we've been sucking. Just We're just not going to win our Olympics. Let's just put it that way. Not anymore. We used to be. Yeah. We used to be a time. This is not our year, unfortunately. No. Uh, but yeah, uh, but they've been fun. Uh, we'll check in again next yeah. week as but, it kind yeah. of wraps so, up. Yeah, so even though we've been poo-pooing like America hasn't been winning anything, there's still been really great competition. Oh, yeah. It's been fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. We'll uh, talk more next week once we have kind of closer to the end kind of thoughts. Because, yeah, by next week we're wrapping this stuff up. Yep. Well, we'll have a final medal count for everything. Yeah. I believe it ends Wednesday. Tuesday. Tuesday? It ends Tuesday, I believe. The, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, moving on. Other sports happened, including the NBA All-Star Game. Uh, yes. So, uh, this game opened up with Kevin Hart. And Rob Riggle, yes, doing Rob a Riggle. doing a skit, <laughs> yes. a eleven minute skit before they got to the actual introductions, wherein Kevin Hart decided for some reason to do a quote announcer voice. I put this thing in quotes because it was more like a really gravely I've been smoking and drinking all night type of voice. <laughs> But it was done on purpose. Interesting. And with every player, he not only included how many times they've been an NBA, uh, an all-star, uh, who they played for, but also some ridiculous joke about them. 
which didn't make sense. Don't have him like basically it's just showed why Kevin Hart is like just terrible in my opinion. But that wasn't even the worst part of this thing. <laughs> what was the worst part about this thing? That was what came next when they decided to bring out Fergie to do the rendition uh, of the national the anthem. The internet loved slash hated this all week. Yes. So yeah, Fergie uh, decided to decided sex to, up. I don't know what she was trying to do. Regardless of what the intent was, it was bad. Uh, kind of universally thought it was a bad rendition of our national anthem. Yes. I saw one Twitter take that was like, nah, she's she's doing it badly on purpose in solidarity. <laughs> yes, I saw... I saw one. I saw a guy that I was uh, follow. I follow on Twitter. Said, "Oh my God! Please, someone get Kevin Hart off stage." Then, as soon as the national anthem played, <laughs> they said, "Wait! I I changed my mind. Bring Kevin Hart back." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what uh, happened in the actual game? You have some numbers here, but I don't know. I don't know what they mean. Yes. Uh, so, uh, so uh, unlike uh, typical East versus West, this is Team LeBron versus. Team Steph Curry, where they picked their own team ah. to determine, uh, you know, who played on the All-Star game. Got it. Yep. Uh, we also have an update from the doctor who says, we're actually turning it around. Men's curling is in the middle round as of today. Women's oh. two-person bobsled got silver today, and U.S. won their first ever cross-country skiing gold oh, good. this morning. So stuff that they didn't show on primetime. Yes. <laughs> oh, it was primetime Thanks, this morning. NBC. <laughs> it, it, when it was today. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yep. All right. Anyways, so team team LeBron, team Curry. Yes. Uh, tough, heartfelt match until you know the where there was no defense played because you know All Star game, mm-hmm. which obviously racked up the score to hundred and forty plus points per team, not not combined per right. team. Uh, but uh, team LeBron decided to finally play defense in the last thirty seconds uh. Uh, to prevent Team Steph Curry from hitting a final three pointer to tie the game. Thus ending with a 148-145 finale. Team LeBron, wow. everyone on that team gets a $100,000. Damn! <laughs> everyone on the losing team, Steph Curry's team, got $25,000. That's still a lot of money! Just for playing in the all ah. Alright, well that was closer than I thought. They showed all of it earlier in primetime. Ah, okay. So the 5 o'clock show. See, we don't watch that. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, anyways, uh, uh, in addition to that, there's also the Celebrity All-Star Game. Yeah. In which Quavo was the MVP. <laughs> you know Quavo. He's one-third of Migos. <laughs> yes, fun fact. <laughs> yes. Uh, it all went down at 7.45 a.m. You know. You know. When, when, when cool people watch. <laughs> yeah. When I'm driving to work. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, but yeah. Uh, also in sports this week, uh, NASCAR, of course, had the Daytona 500. Yes, NASCAR. Uh, I don't say kickoffs. Kicks off. Yeah, sure, sure. Start crosses the starting line. Yes. <laughs> NASCAR has waves the checkered begun. flag. Uh, yes, the, the the green flag is a go. Yeah, there we go for NASCAR season as the Daytona. The Daytona 500 yes. uh, was this past Sunday. And guess who was in the pace car? I don't know. Who was in the pace car? None other than the great legend of the track. Ricky the one, Bobby. the only, <laughs> Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning was, well, why? was in the pace car. But why? 
And he was going so slow, they actually, like, one of the cars actually went up and almost passed him. <laughs> he was actually, like, like, he actually just went by up to say, like, hello. But yeah. then, like, went back in line. But it was just a funny sight to see <laughs> the, the, NAS, the, the NASCAR go up by the pace car. You like scores. <laughs> nice. Yes. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, so, you have here that two first names won. Yes. Austin Dillon. Yes. Uh, took the, the final lap. Uh, and finally won. Yes, Austin Dillon um, forced the uh, the guy. So he was in second going around, and then he forced the, the guy in front to crash. Oh wow! Thus, because it was the final lap, he was and he was in front. He uh, won. So congratulations, Austin Dillon. But more importantly, congratulations to Joey Logano. Okay. Because he won twentieth place. Twentieth place. Yes. The only reason I bring it up is because uh, I was in a pool oh. and I had uh, and he was my driver and because he won twentieth place I won money from from it. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, also, uh, because Nationwide is on Peyton Manning's side. Ah, that that's why. It. <laughs> All right, so that does it for our sports corner. Yes. Moving away. But from but but sports. we have been actually watching other stuff too. Yeah, what else have you been watching? Uh, so, the Joel McHale Show premiered. Yes, uh, I'd love to talk about this. So, Joel McHale Show is, as we mentioned last week, kind of kind of Netflix's reboot of The Soup, in a way. It's an excuse for Joel McHale to do basically the same show that he did on E! Mm-hmm. ten years ago. Um, and it is pretty much that. Yep. It's straight up, he just comments on clips from reality shows, talk shows, dramas, etc., uh, makes jokes about him. Uh, has guest stars appear. Uh, does sketches with uh, like that are sometimes Allison Brie and, uh, and Jim Rash. And uh, yeah, it's kind of his opportunity to do whatever he wants, and it's still funny. Um, it's on Netflix, so they yes. don't need to censor anything anymore. Yep, um, he literally says uh, the f word during yeah. it. <laughs> I'm kind of excited for it because. The soup was always kind of great because it got me to like see this stuff that I would never actually spend time watching, right? And still get the best like the highlights of them, mm-hmm. like stupid stuff like The Bachelor. Yes. And so I'm glad it's back because I feel like there's so much more stupid television on now than there was ten years ago. Oh yeah. And so now I get to see all the stupidity. Yes. And I'm so excited. So yeah, that will be on every Sunday on Netflix. So take a look yes. if uh, that sounds appealing to yep. you. It's a weekly show. Uh, mm-hmm. currently thirteen episodes, but. Uh, so far, what I've seen has gotten such a great uh, wide yeah. response that it's best thing to get picked up uh, for to twenty six. I hope so, or even like more. more this seasons. is something that could potentially last forever. Oh yes, I mean as long as Joel McHale wants to do it, which it seems like Joel McHale really wants to do it. I mean the fact that he even is doing it at all <laughs> seems insane. Yeah, seeing as there's the entirety of community happened between the soup and now right and and he's still and also his short-lived cbs sitcom um the great indoors yes (laughs) the entire run of that also has happened since yes so yeah it's it's a weird time to be told kale i'm glad that exists yep anything else we want to talk about uh yes last week tonight also premiered yes it did uh, yeah, strong, um, well, yep. strong episode. Strong, uh, strong start. Welcome back, John Oliver. Yeah. We miss you. Just don't talk about Trump every week. Uh, it, he said he wouldn't. Yes. It's just he, he had to this time. Well, yes, because, you know, he's been yeah. off for a while and a lot of stuff has gone down. But, you know, just... it, uh, it It's going to be hard not to because yeah. always something happens every always week. Something. Just, yeah. Also, if you're a Cartoon Network person, um, OKKO okay, returned this week uh, with... Um, a couple new episodes. Oh, that's why I jumped up on the... Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, I think we're good. Uh, uh, anything else? We I think that is it for what we watched. So let's move on. To oh, oh, I did. Uh, so last week, right. real Let's quickly, real quickly, <laughs> I, I finished watching a show I picked up like some time, like a couple months ago, because I was bored, uh, called Cheapest Weddings. Okay. Is it about Cheapest Weddings? Yes. There's only six <laughs> episodes, but all, but the show takes place in Australia. Okay. So it's really funny to watch Australian all weddings. these Australian weddings happen. <laughs> It's just it's just hilarious, but huh. yeah, it's only yeah. six episodes, but it's fun to see what people will do to save a buck, or a or, or, or several thousand dollars Australian dollar, whatever yeah. they call. Yeah, a lot of outdoor weddings, <laughs> and a lot of people reselling their stuff too. Nice in Australia. Yeah. All right, moving on to television news. Yes, our first story is about who? The Doctor. Doctor Who. Uh, so Doctor Who, of course. Will be premiering its season 11 soon, which will, as we previously reported, be the first female Doctor. Yes. Not the only new change that's happening on the show, though. There will also be a new showrunner, a longer premiere, and not only all that, but also a brand new visual effects team to help it look good. Milk Visual Effects has been the studio working with the show since 2005. Yeah, it's when they came back. Yes, uh, but since but those duties will now fail, fall to a new firm called Double Negative, who recently worked on the effects for Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I say, and here's why this is important that these guys are taking over. So yeah, they because they're flecked with awards. Oh, <laughs> they're oh yeah, successful. Uh, they've already over- earned three Academy Awards for the vi- their visual effects work. Well, can you name these three movies? Even though you wrote this. <laughs> Yes, because they're both Christopher Nolan movies. Uh, two out of three, yes. Yes. Inception. Yes. Interstellar. And Ex Machina. And, yes, Ex Machina. So those three are uh, with another nomination this year for Blade Runner 2049. Yep, which is the favorite to win for at VFX. There you go. So yeah, uh, TV-wise, the team has experience on shows including Black Mirror, Altered Carbon, and the BBC's Strike. Uh, Doctor Who Season 11 will debut in autumn... So, uh, this fall on BBC. Yes. There is no set premiere date, but uh, just also, they're going to have to hire a new composer for each episode, because that guy just left, too. Huh. Okay. Yep. So, yeah. So, a lot, of, a lot of changes coming forward, season 11. Well, the, yeah, season 11. Lots of, of changes. You're ready. Yep. All right. Moving on to some changes in the FCC. An investigation had happened at the last year. This was previously undisclosed. This was not released. This information was not released to the public. Right. But an investigation happened, apparently, into whether Ajit Pai, the FCC chairman... Yes, the guy with the big Reese's mug. Yes. Yes, that guy. (laughs) Uh, And his aides had improperly pushed for an FCC rule change that allowed Sinclair Broadcasting, as we previously reported, to announce their $3.9 billion deal to buy Tribune Media. Uh, this was led by Democrat Frank Pellone of New Jersey and two congressional aides, and they've been trying to get to the bottom of the allegations, but it is currently unclear the extent of the FCC's Inspector General's investigation or when it might conclude. The inquiry could also add ammunition to arguments against the deal as it would reduce the number of voices in media, as we also previously reported, yep. and diminish coverage of local news. Right. A New York Times investigation of the issue published in August found that Mr. Pine and his staff members had met with and corresponded with Sinclair executives 
several times, and language the lobbyist used without loosening the rules has tracked closely to the language used by Mr. Pine's speeches favoring such changes. The FCC and Justice Department are widely expected to approve the merger in the coming weeks. Right. So, so this race, race to the finish here. Yes, this is all depend. So this all revolves around that Sinclair uh, Tribune yes. deal. Yes. And whether or not one, it's going to happen. Two, it's going to get approved. And three, is it even like what are their back deal dealings going on during this whole thing? Yeah, it seems like there was some talk about well. You have to change regulations in order for this to occur. So do that first, please. Yeah. And he made it happen. And then what do you know? All of a sudden, the deal's on the table. Right. Because, you know, it's not like not like these two companies talked and then within a week had a deal. No. Yeah. These things take months and months and months of back-and-forth negotiation before anything is even written down. So, yeah. It's interesting. And the fact that, yeah, it's interesting that the deal was announced a week after yeah. the SEC got rid of this rule. Yeah, it's it's it seems like a, a kind of a interesting confluence of of situations, um, and it'll be even more interesting to see whether there's any gain here, like anything gets talked about before or revealed uh, before the deal actually goes through and gets approved. It just sucks that the people who are doing the approving are probably also the people that meddled. But here we are. <laughs> it, it's something about that, that green paper. That, that green just, paper. That, that just influences people. So yeah, government's fun, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you can literally buy your own rules yeah. if you have enough money. Speaking of money and people who won't be getting the money that they used to, <laughs> Jeffrey Tambor. Yeah. Um, actor mostly uh, famous for uh, probably his role in Arrested Development. Yes. Um, and kind of bit parts since then and... Several movies and television shows, uh, but most notably right now as the lead in the Amazon uh, television show, Transparent. So, uh, as we previously reported, uh, accusations of sexual misconduct, uh, not quite assault, but misconduct, yes. had been um, uh, put towards Mr. Tambor, and there, there had been drama on the set of Transparent as a result. So Amazon decided to do a investigation in this. Right, um, an internal investigation. As you do. Well, the conclu- it has reached its conclusion, and a series creator, Jill Soloway, said, quote, I have great respect and admiration for Van Barnes and Trace Lissette, whose courage in speaking out of their, about their experience on Transparent is an example of the leadership this moment in our culture requires. Later that same day, Tambor released a statement saying, I am profoundly disappointed in Amazon's handling of these false accusations against me. In our four-year history of working together on this incredible show, these accusations have never, that's all caps, been revealed or discussed directly with me or anyone at Amazon. Therefore, I can only surmise that this investigation against me was deeply flawed and biased toward the toxic, politicized atmosphere that afflicted our set. Sounds kind of bitter, doesn't he? Well, it's just a tad. Transparent writing staff has begun reworking the upcoming five season, uh, fifth season following Tambor's exit as the series refocuses without its star. So Tambor is, Tambor is officially out. Right. Uh, the show that was ostensibly about him is no longer going to be about him yes. and will probably focus on the side characters. It'll be interesting to see how they write, they write him, him off. Him off. Yeah. yeah. That's when the show is literally called Transparent. All right. Because uh, he's there without being there. Yeah. Well, I guess that's a way to, to spin it, isn't <laughs> it? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's yet another example, you know? Like, uh, this kind of falls into line with the rest of the stories that we've been hearing elsewhere. Um, you know, I'm not, of course, able to say what actually went down. I wasn't there. Um, but I uh, choose to believe the women. And, yeah, um, then he needs to think about stuff for a little bit and yes. maybe jump back in later. Um, or never again. I don't know. <laughs> uh, he's kind of old. He could probably retire. But uh, side note, uh, featuring Jeffrey Tambor, um, <laughs> he was supposed to appear in an upcoming movie called Stalin. Yeah. Uh, uh, premiering in Burnaby. Yeah. But uh, he is his face has since and name has since been removed from the poster for mm. it. Uh, trailer has yet to drop for it for it. So it's so. to see if they decide to recast him in that thing <laughs> or well, what, what, what may happen. But it sounds like that production may be. Stalin. Yes. <laughs> Maybe Stalin for a time. <laughs> Stay, stored that one up. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. And our last story. Uh, it's about Disney. But... We're to Disney and the Muppets, our lovable furry friends. The Muppets. Disney is planning another Muppets reboot. Yes. Yeah. Yet another Muppets reboot. Yes. Uh, this time on streaming. Yes. For the Disney streaming service that will debut in about a year. Yes, end of 2019. This is an addition to also planned Marvel feature films and such TV series as a live-action Star Wars, as we talked about a little bit last yep. week, a High School Musical reboot, because why not, a series based on Pixar's Monsters, Inc. universe, that might be fun, and a TV version of The Mighty Ducks from yes. the original screenwriter of the movie. Right. The hockey The Mighty Ducks, not the animated cartoon The Mighty Ducks. Right. Those two different things. Yes. They share... <laughs> One of them starred John Belushi. The other started... Those two things... Emilio Estevez. So that's actually... There is something that links the movie, the, 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 the cartoon, and the real-life team. Is it Disney? No, it's Wild Wing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yes. Wild Wing exists in all three. <laughs> Wild Wing is still currently the mascot yeah, of the Ducks. Yeah, which is weird when you think about it. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Because he was like the lead character in that cartoon and stuff. Yeah, and so he was like, on the, the logos for the first Mighty Ducks movie. Yeah, but it's super weird, And right? then it was just his mask for the second <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, it seems like a pretty crazy slate for the entire... Uh, for what Disney's planning for this thing, it seems like a must-have at this yeah. point. And they've yet to... To, to like solidify anything like saying this is what we have this is what we have this is what we have or show or even price point this thing but it sounds like we need to pick it up yeah and you have a last note about the that Muppets uh, preboot Disney is currently looking for writers oh yes uh, because of course the ABC show only lasted for a season before it was cancelled <laughs> right so none of those people will be coming back right it'll also be interesting to see uh, the direction they take the Muppets in it also be interesting to see the direction they take Kermit in, because as you recall, Kermit's voice actor uh, was replaced right. in between the cancellation and now. Yes. So, who knows? Maybe they'll just write Kermit off. Maybe. No. No. It's freaking Kermit. <laughs> I know. Can't have them up without Kermit. I know. All right, that's it for television news. Yep. So we move into cancellations and renewals. Oh, right. First up, a renewal. Grace and Frankie gets a fifth season on Netflix that will debut in 2019. Midnight Texas gets a second season on NBC. 
Disjointed on Netflix is canceled after just one season. That's notable because it's Netflix's only... No, uh, not only. One of Netflix's... One of two of their uh, multi-cam sitcoms. Right, it's also the one show... Name the other one. What? Name the other one. I don't know. Name It's Fuller House. Fuller House? That's multi-cam? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll just say that it's their only show from Chuck Lorre. That's also true. That, that... That did that did not get more than a second season. Yeah, seriously. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so you think you can dance? We'll get a fifteenth season on Fox. Right, and that will of course premiere later this year. And that's it for cancellations and renewals. Next, we have deaths. So we have a couple of uh, notable ones. I'll start with kind of the the earlier one because one of these happened today. Right. Uh, Boyd Jarvis, age fifty nine, uh, American music producer. Uh, who uh, produced Her- for Herbie Hancock, Latoya Jackson, and Johnny Kemp. Yep. But the major death uh, happened earlier today, age 99, none other than uh, preacher to the presidents, Billy Graham uh, yes, passed away. Yes, that Billy Graham. That Billy Graham. Uh, you have down here American evangelist. But yes, mostly known for kind of being the guy that was wheeled out by the presidents whenever the presidents wanted to prove how Christian they were. Right. I, I believe he's been around since JFK. Uh, earlier, Johnson. Johnson. He was, or I guess, no, was around the same right, time. That, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, he, he was first, I think, uh, brought uh, brought out, kind of paraded around during the Johnson administration. And ever since then, uh, presidents have repeatedly uh, claimed that. Well, no, no, no. It was, he, he, was, he, made a, he made a name for himself around uh, JFK's time, yeah. but he didn't meet with JFK. He was supposed to. Uh, he was invited, okay. but because of the assassination, that never happened. Right, and that's why you met Johnson. Since then, yeah, presidents as recent as uh, Bill Clinton uh, were known to uh, be close uh, with with Graham. Uh, the Clintons themselves even kind of reached out on Twitter today to uh, uh, credit his passing. However, um, it would be remiss to note that the man has also had a checkered history dealing with. Uh, uh, the gay community uh, was very known to uh, be an advocate against gay rights. Yep. Wasn't great. Uh, so yeah, uh, say what you will, um, but it is a notable death. So that's why we're mentioning it. Right. Alright, moving on to music. Have you listened to anything? God, I listened to a couple of things. Alright, well I'll go briefly. I listened to a little bit more of the Black Panther soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. Not growing uh, on you. Not not growing on me. Um, I liked it, I liked what they used in the movie. Didn't yeah. like it enough to listen to it on its own though. Fair enough. Uh, but that's the only new thing I listened to. Um, I listened to some stuff. But I don't remember it, so it must not have been important. Okay. <laughs> Moving on then to the billboard. But what we do have is billboard, so I'm not even gonna bother with the top 100. Nothing has changed. Uh, so that means that it's God's Plan by Drake again. As your top song. Ugh. However, there's been a shakeup in the Hot Albums. 200, the, uh, the 200 list, which is, of course, the album list. All right. Number one, Black Panther, the album. No uh, way. is in number one. So Black Panther's the top movie and top soundtrack? Top soundtrack. Man, if only there's a TV show video game to go with it. I know. Only. If only. If only. <laughs> Dude, the Black Panther <laughs> video game would actually be pretty rad. Yeah. Um... <laughs> He's actually a fun character in the, in the Marvel Lego world. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I bet. Dropping to number two, of course, is Man of the Woods by Justin Timberlake. Number three, Greatest Showman soundtrack hangs out. 
Number four, Culture 2 by Migos. And number five, Fifty Shades Freed soundtrack. Hmm. Debuts in the top five. That is your billboard. Right. Bringing us two new releases for this next week. We have a new album called Fever by Black Milk. We have Loner by Caroline Rose. Caroline Rose? Caroline. We have Plunge by Fever Ray. Coffee and Jam by Grounders. <laughs> Somethingness by Our Lady Peace. Hundred Acres by S. Carey. All at Once by Screaming Females. Lost Touch by We Were Sharks. And Young Jesus by the band Young, Young Jesus. Jesus. Wait, that's a band? Yes. Okay, I thought it was a person. Yeah, Young <laughs> Jesus is a band. That was a person someone calling themselves. They're on uh, Saddle Creek. Oh. Saddle Creek, uh, one of uh, okay. my favorite uh, record. Records. All right. Um, music, music news. news. Our first story is about classic rockers Led Zeppelin. And more specifically, just Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page confirms that the band will release a live album later this year. He also says that he has plans to continue releasing Led Zeppelin material over the course of the next 10 years. There's a lot of stuff to come out, he says, a number of releases. However, when asked if the band would ever reunite and perform again, (laughs) Page said, quote, I very much doubt it, as they've gone past the 10th anniversary of of the O2, where they managed to do one serious concert. I think you mean the year 2002? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what's the O2? Uh, I'm sorry, t- put the 2002, uh, where they managed to do one concert. Yeah. Uh, Page also revealed that an official Led Zeppelin book is scheduled to be released in October. Yes. Uh, he mentions the book because there are other, like, several Led Zeppelin books supposed to come out before then. Okay. But this will be the official, right. like, documentation. So there's going to be a lot of unauthorized biographies. They're saying, here's the real one. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so, for those of you who still enjoy Led Zeppelin, uh, new material. There you go. There you go. Next up, speaking of old bands, Metallica. <laughs> Not that old. They're pretty old. Yeah. The band has been, <laughs> Metallica has been named recipients of the, of Sweden's Polar Prize, which is um, uh, the prize for being the coldest band. No. Uh, it's no, apparently... No, 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 no. It's for... It's for some people both liking you and disliking <laughs> you at the same time. It's the most polar of the prizes. Uh, no, it's uh, considered to be one of music's most prestigious awards. They're the first metal band to receive the honor, which has previously gone to acts including Joni Mitchell, Paul McCartney, and Chuck Berry. The judges wrote, quote, Through virtuoso ensemble playing and their use of extremely accelerated tempos, Metallica have taken rock music to places it had never been before. In Metallica's world, both a teenage bedroom and a concert hall can be transformed into Valhalla. Yeah. Uh, Metallica will receive one million krona, which is equivalent to one hundred twenty thousand dollars, <laughs> which is nothing for Metallica, I'm sure. Right. Uh, well, I don't know. Stockholm this June. Oh, they're not getting any of that Napster money, so no, they don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> the band <laughs> said no, no Napster. Uh, the band said that they will donate their money to the charity, all within my hands, which supports organizations dedicated to issues including poverty. Young Youth Music Programs, which you wrote in the British way for some reason, and Pediatric yes. pediatric Cancer, which you also wrote in the British way. It's, it's from The Guardian. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so, let me do this again. Youth Music Programs yeah. and Pediatric Cancer. <laughs> ABBA's manager, the late Stig Anderson, founded the Polar Music Prize in 1989. 
Just a little asterisk there. But yeah, congratulations to Metallica. Yep. Just another award on your long, illustrious career. Um, don't spend all the money in one place. Or I guess yep. it sounds like they, they are, actually. Yep. Well, both of these bands uh, may or may not have used a Gibson guitar okay. in their time. Oh, you're going to segue that into the next one? Yep, we are. All right. And so uh, it's time to maybe uh, give some bad news about what, what happened to the uh, famed guitar maker. Matt, what happened to the famed so, guitar maker, Gibson? Gibson is facing serious financial problems. No way. They need money. The company has brought in Benson Wu, a new financial director, to try and rescue the ailing group. They currently have a $375 million debt payment due in August. That's quite a a bit of money. And they are also working with an investment bank to set up a debt refinancing plan. The company began, of course, in Nashville, Tennessee in 1894. That's a long time ago. That's over 100 years, guys. And have been played by the... The guitars have been played by the likes of John Lennon, Elvis Presley, B.B. King, Keith Richards, and Jimmy Page. Speaking of Speaking Jimmy of Page. Jimmy Page. So, yeah, it would be sad to see him go if they end up kind of imploding because, yeah, Gibson guitars are kind of yeah. known just as much as, you know, their rival Fender. Right. Uh, um, to also, be famous rock guitarists. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, Gibson actually owns the electronic company Philips. Yeah. They bought them out uh, in the early 90s or yeah, mid-90s. So buy more Philips products? Maybe that'll help? Maybe. Help them out. Uh, yeah. Or, you know, maybe they could sell some of their guitars because... We recently reported on the John Lennon guitar selling for $2.2 million Jesus, yeah. at auction. Get those fancy guitars. Yep. All right. Moving away from uh, from guitars into things that are played with guitars uh, that might find you find, find on some vinyl records on Record Store Day. Yes, your favorite day of the year. Eh, not really. No. Actually, uh, Record Store Day is super blown out. Okay. And there's nothing, there's no reasons to do it. It favors larger companies than the smaller companies that can't afford to do special benefits like the larger companies can do. So, no, I'm not a fan. Uh, oh, but, see, I put this in here for you. <laughs> but it is a notable thing that a lot of people do enjoy, and some artists do special things on it. So, yes, we should still report about it. Okay. This year, the day of Record Store Day falls on 421. Yes. Sorry. Because it's a Saturday. Sorry, guys. Yes, 420 uh, is on a Friday, so... For all of you looking to go ahead and explore 420 on that Friday. So yes, more uh, than welcome there's to. usually one specific artist that is kind of highlighted uh, every year for a big Record Store Day release. Last year it was St. Vincent. Uh, this year, Killer Mike and LP, a.k.a. Run the Jewels, are the ones to grab. The visionary behind Definitive Jux Records, LP, did more than anyone to turn underground rap CDs into collectible mini art objects. This is like a weird fun fact, not actually what's going on. Yeah. Uh, So who knows what they're going to do, but it will be some sort of Run the Jewels exclusive available at uh, your uh, local, I hesitate to say this, I'm, I'm trying to figure out the way to do it. Your local semi, semi-professional, rec, not super small, independent record store. Because as we reported last year, those are actually going out of business. <laughs> yeah. Because they're the big record companies are providing less less inventory for them. So basically, good luck. Yeah. Because you're probably not going to get one. Yeah. That does it for music. And, uh, and we're moving on to video games. Yep. We have played no video games. Oh, actually.